0: Lesson number one was ponder. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Proverbs chapter number four. And we must ponder what Jesus taught here uh, by way of his example. Not explicitly, he never said, look on the multitudes in this passage, but elsewhere in John chapter four, after talking to the woman at the well, he said, look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. Notice verse 36, when he saw the multitudes... When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. He was moved on, on some have compassion, making a difference. Oh, we must make a difference in this world, not for our sake, but for his. He was moved with compassion. And if you remember, there were two motivations. There were two motivations as to why we do what we do. The love of God, the love of God constraineth, constraineth us, the love of God and the eternity of man. The love of God and the eternity of man. And secondarily, we noted two forever things. Two things which last forever. The word of God and the souls of man. The word of God and the souls of man. And those two must be brought together. They must be connected. And that is a great motivation. This next topic is prayer. Prayer. Essentially, talking to Jesus and talking to Christ about what he's already talked to you about and what he's already spoken to you about. Mark this down plain and straight. If any individual does not desire to pray, this is indication that he or she is not filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's convicting because the cardinal mind is enmity with God. When you read his words for the right reasons, he will direct your steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. As we ponder, as we consider what Christ has said, notice that what we do with the Scripture, what we do with Scripture will determine what God will do with you. Let me say that again. What we do with the Word of God determines what the Lord will do with the Anchor Baptist Church of Burnaby. What happens is that we get to where we read the Bible, but we don't read the Bible. We read it for formality. I read it for formality because I'm supposed to and not for food because we love the Lord. It's not enough that we read the Bible. We must let the Bible read us. We must let the Bible read us. Now, prayer is the most neglected tool in the Christian world arsenal. We have many weapons, but specifically the offensive weapon, of course, is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But in Ephesians, you'll find the armor of God. You'll find that we have the sword of the Spirit. And with all prayer, with all prayer, we must depend on the Lord. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Now consider our Savior. Consider our Savior, who says here, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Only one prayer request. Only one thing, only one thought that he had for us here. In fact, in his entire earthly ministry of three years, he only had one prayer request. He only had one request that we would pray for, and it's to pray that he would send forth laborers into this harvest field of the world, looking on the fields where they are white already the harvest if you understand and if you remember the woman at the well. Jesus was sitting with a Samaritan woman, one of the unlovelies of the day and age. He was a half-breed. He was half-Jewish and uh, half-heathen, if you will, and no one wanted anything to do with this Samaritan woman. But Jesus stopped, and he said, okay, you you disciples, go into town and go buy some groceries, and I'm going to talk to this here woman, And they were perplexed, wondering, okay, uh, yeah, we'll go get these groceries. And they they, they went into the town, and he's talking to uh, this lady, this lady that no one wanted anything to do with. And she got saved. She got saved from wrath by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And the disciples came back, and Jesus, who at first was tired, now was beaming, radiant, and happy. And the disciples looked at one another and said, did one of you give him something to eat? Did one of you give him meat? And he said, my meat is to do the work of the one who has called me. I have meat that I eat that you know nothing of. And then he said, look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. You know, in John chapter number 11, at Lazarus' tomb, a dear friend that Jesus had, Lazarus had died, and after four days, his corpse was stinking. <laughs> but Jesus knew what was in man. He knew what he would do as he walked to Lazarus' tomb. But he was crying. Let me tell you about our Savior who weeps. In the words of S.M. Lockridge, the heavens cannot contain him, let alone a man explain him. You can't get him out of your mind, you can't get him off your hands. You can't outlive him, you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate could find no fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. The grave could not hold him. That's my king. He always has been. He always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor. He'll have no successor. There was nobody before him. There'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him, and he's not going to resign. Look, please. Our God loves us, and he went to Calvary's cross to die for me and for you. In Psalm 126, we find that they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. But before the psalmist ever wrote about tears, before he ever wrote about Bringing in the sheaves. He said, in verse number one, he took that pen and wrote, when the Lord turneth again, the captivity of Zion. I still believe that our God can do something great again in 2022. Do you believe that? I believe that our God can do something again. Our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. And if we say that we believe in this God of greater things, then pray, tell me why we live in a day of lesser expectation. Our God wants to do something great. And how do we access this greatness? How do we access the power of God? It is by prayer. It is by praying. And his only prayer request was that the Lord of the harvest would send forth labors. And could it be that today there is a labor shortage? I want to be a laborer for Christ. Oh, you say, Brother Kevin, you're already preaching. Oh, you're helping out at Anchor Baptist Church. Aren't you doing all you can? Well, the Lord doesn't want me to do something for him. He wants to do something through me. He wants to do something through you today. Young person, adult, mother, husband, wife. He wants to do something through you and through your family. You know, I was out soul winning many many years ago, maybe three or four years ago with uh, Brother Jeff Bug. Amazing, the need here in Vancouver. And we were talking about something trivial. We were just on the sidewalk and uh, we were talking about the Atari, (laughs) the Atari system. I don't know how many of y'all know what that was. For some reason, I remember the topic. And it was kind of a rainy, cloudy day, and we walked right up to uh, a door. And there was a screen door in front of the main door, and I knock, hello, anybody there? Oh, we're from Anchor Baptist Church. I just want to drop off a church invitation. And a little short Asian lady, this is before COVID-19 mind my she crops open the door just ever so slightly, and she has a can of pepper spray. She has a can of pepper spray, and she's terrified. She's like, what do you want? Oh, we're just trying to tell you about Jesus. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> A shut door. A closed door. You know, people in this town, in this city, they're looking for happiness in all the wrong places. But what is happiness? The moment before you need more happiness. Joy only comes from Jesus Christ. Jesus, others, than you. What a wonderful way to spell joy. Joy comes from Jesus Christ. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. First John tells us that our God, God is love. Our God is love today. And why should we pray? <laughs> well, what a question. What a question. Turn uh, three chapters over to your left. Matthew chapter number six. Matthew in the sixth chapter, this will bless your heart. The very first sermon I preached here at Anchor Baptist Church Mind you, the church is not the building, it's the people. <laughs> the the, the uh, first sermon I preached here before I got right with God, or after I got right with God, was on prayer. And I don't care if you remember my points. My points are important, <laughs> but the points were, were this. Pray with purpose, pray with passion, and pray with persistence. And it was based on Matthew chapter number six, and I admonished y'all and tried to encourage y'all. Uh, the great need to pray, to pray. Look at verse number five, Matthew six, verse five. When thou prayest. Hold it right there. When thou prayest. It doesn't say if ye pray. It says when you pray. What does that mean? It means that the born again, blood-bought believer is in a continual process of praying. He prays. First Thessalonians teaches, pray without ceasing. I'll come come back to that. Verse number five, when thou prayest, notice, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Notice again, verse seven, when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, but they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. And then what follows here is what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer, but I would submit to you today that it is called the model prayer, because uh, in John 17, we find the high priestly prayer, that truly was the Lord's Prayer that We cannot pray, only Jesus could pray that prayer. This is the model prayer. He's saying to his disciples, here's how you ought to pray. Uh, In Luke 11, I'll turn there. You do not have to turn there, but let me show you a parallel passage uh, as to what was going on. Luke chapter number 11, and in the first verse, it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place. And when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And then we see, when ye pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, which we're familiar with. Okay. Lord, teach us to pray. Did they ask, Lord, would you teach us how to cast out devils? Oh, that's what I would have I asked Jesus. Lord, teach us, to, uh, teach us to perform miracles. Teach us to turn water into wine. Teach us to break bread and multiply that over thousands. No. They knew, they knew that they had to learn how to pray because it seemed that Jesus Christ had a 1-800 connection, <laughs> 1-800 hotline to heaven, it seemed. The early, the early church was mighty in power because they were mighty in prayer. After this manner pray ye. After this manner pray ye. In other words, here is how I ought to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. His name is holy. His name is above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. There is coming a day where that will be, where that will happen. Celestial knees will bow. Terrestrial knees will bow. Infernal knees will bow. Angels, humans, and devils will bow and tremble before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That will be a day, and his name is Hallowed. And many times we ask after our own lusts, as the book of James details. We ask after our own lusts, and we ask amiss. And that is why we do not get our prayers answered. Because, you see, it's not that prayer is designed to get man's will done on earth. It's to get God's will done on earth. It's not man's plan to get uh, man's will done in heaven. It's God's plan to get God's will done on earth. This is prayer. After this manner pray ye, our Father, which are in heaven, we address him properly. Hallowed be thy name. And then it says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven verse 11, says, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus was teaching us that we ought to approach Christ. We ought to approach the Father in the right way. Hallowed be thy name. It must be thy, thy, thy before. It's my, my, my. And so many times I ask selfishly for myself. And I ask, Lord, would you just give me what I want? But he says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Anything we give him, he gave to us. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. This is like a, someone or a little boy who wants to give a gift to his dad and he asks his dad for money. Dad, can I ask some money so I can buy you a gift? <laughs> he owns it all anyways. And that's our Savior. That's our Christ. That's our Father. Let me, let me tell you something. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but, get, but against uh, uh, principalities and powers, and spiritual darkness in high places. I'm telling you uh, this evening that Satan has held councils with his fiends, saying, you see that mother over there trying to live for God? You see that teenager? Do You see that Baptist preacher over there? Devils, demons, fellow friends here in this council, whatever you do, don't let them pray. If they start praying, it's over for us. But if they never pray, we'll beat them every time. Notice Jesus prayed before ministry. He prayed during ministry. And he prayed after ministry. Working without praying for God to remove Satan's obstacles first. Is like jumping out of a plane without a parachute and begging God to fix the situation on the way down. Or being in a boat and taking a magnum and shooting six holes at the bottom of the boat and saying, God, please save me. And you're sinking and you shot the boat yourself. Dear friend, we need to rely on God. Let's not jump out of the plane without the parachute. He says, lead us not into temptation in verse number 13. Verse 12, it says, forgive us our debts, and as we forgive our debtors. In 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will with the temptation make a way of escape. We're not to pray, uh, certainly in the midst of the temptation, but if we have shot the bottom of the boat out, don't be begging God <laughs> I mean, you ought to be. And Lord, would you save me? But in the midst of temptation, Lord, would you, would you help me and lead us not into temptation? Would you deliver me from evil? And for, because of, for thine is the kingdom and the glory, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Turn to Matthew 7, Matthew chapter number 7. Verse seven: Ask and it shall be given you; seek and you shall find; knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what son, uh, what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Our Father, which is in heaven, wants to give good things. He doesn't have anything bad planned for our future. Uh, we're to give uh, thanks in our circumstances. I said, uh, you know, uh, remember when I, when, I, when I mentioned earlier uh, in this message, pray without ceasing. You'll find that that verse is sandwiched right in between two verses that admonish us to rejoice in the Lord and in everything give thanks. I think there's, there's a great principle there. Could it be that we're not experiencing, experiencing spiritual victory in our lives as we pray to the Lord? Because we're not rejoicing in the Lord and we are not giving thanks in everything, not for everything. Every word of the Bible is important. If words have meaning and language has integrity, then ideas matter. He says, in everything, in every circumstance, in every situation, we can give thanks to the Lord. And we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Your father knoweth what things he have need of before you ask him. <laughs> but you know, he's a loving God. He, he, he's a loving God. And if this God really loves me, why should I persuade a loving God to uh, provide, provide for me what I want or what I need? Well, we'll, we'll not- notice a few things in Romans chapter number 11, Romans in the 11th chapter. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. All hell trembles when the weakest saint is upon his knees. Samuel Chadwick and William Cowper had much knowledge on this. Romans 11, verse 36. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Holy living is essential preparation for prayer. And if we do not pray before we work, if we do not worship before we work, we mar even the work that is done. Of him, through him, and to him are all things. The origin of prayer here, of him, the operation of prayer through him, and the objective of prayer to him, must be offered to God. You know, the prayers that God answers are the ones that begin with him. Let's enter into that big divine prayer meeting as Jesus prayed in John chapter number 17 that they may be one as we are one, as he prayed to his father. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. And we, oh man, we we, we really need to keep in mind Uh, the goodness of the Lord when we pray. I I saw this as a wonderful thought and a wonderful illustration. Here I am. Here I am. Washed in the blood of Christ. And John chapter number 10 teaches that I'm in the hand of Jesus. And he's seated on his Father's hand. Ever liveth to make intercession for us. And Jesus is in the Father's hand. And no man can pluck me out of that hand. That security and that peace that we have in Christ. You know, this world needs to hear about that too. Pray, ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that will, he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. Your friend of mine said, preaching's good, but we need to pray. Preaching's good, but we need to Pray. Problems increase many times after one gets saved, but so does our source and resource. Our strength increases, well, really day by day as we work out our own salvation. And we trust the Lord because I can't do anything in and of myself. Without me, he said, ye can do nothing. John 15, turn to John 15. The abiding life is the abounding life. John 15, 1, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Notice verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. You want to walk with God? You want to be clean before God? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to thy word? Abide in me, Jesus said. The words in red. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. The abiding life is the abounding life. I am the branch. He is the vine. The branch can produce no fruit of itself. In verse number five, that last part, without me, ye can do how much? Nothing. Say that again. Without me, ye can do how much? Nothing. We can do nothing without Jesus Christ. Abide in me and I in you. Pastor Nathan uh, brought to our RU recovery meetings a wonderful truth as we were sitting around uh, during the second part of our meeting. And uh, many weeks ago, here's what he said. He said, the branch just holds the fruit. The branch just holds the fruit. Jesus is the one producing the fruit. I I don't need to depend on myself. I don't need to conjure up uh, happiness or joy within myself and manufacture that. And presents it to God like he'll be happy? Because he won't. When he looks at me, he sees Jesus Christ. And that's all he's satisfied with. Before we, can, before we can do anything for God, we must be something with God. We're human beings, not human doings. Don't get so focused on, I need to work. I need to do. I need to be like Martha. Martha all the pots and pans clanging around her as she's working, trying to uh, put together a wonderful meal for the Savior and his disciples. Don't, don't be a busybody. Focus on the Lord. Be like Mary sitting around uh, the feet of Jesus. One day we'll uh, kneel and worship at the nail-pierced feet of Jesus, and we'll, we'll hear him teach us himself. And that'll be a wonderful, wonderful day. Now, remember, class, our last session titled Ponder, and this, uh, this message here entitled uh, Pray. And uh, if you take out a sheet of paper, just jot some quick thoughts down. Uh, remembering the love of God and the eternity of hereafter. And these two forever uh, treasures, the only items that last forever. The word of God, not the physical book. That's just ink on a page. But the truths contained where, uh, within. And the souls of men, the part of you that will exist forever. And, and those two being Uh, needed uh, to be kept together and to be connected together. That's ponder. (laughs) That's what we ought to do. Why are we here? We ought to ponder that. And what should we do? That was our second question. Why are we here? Ponder. Why are we here? The second uh, question, what should we do? We ought to pray. We ought to pray. As we ponder, the potential laborer looks on the fields and sees the harvest. Once we have heard from heaven, And let God speak to us through his word, meditating therein day and night, letting God speak to us, we have effectively pondered. As we consider the majesty and the terribleness of God, what is at stake and what Satan desires to do to the people of this world, sift them as wheat. Understand that we cannot work until we've worshiped and come to his holy presence, understanding standing in awe of God, how vast and superior his truth is compared to the folly and vice of this fickle, feeble, temporary world. We ought to gather around and consider Christ as he teaches us how to think as we access the mind of the Spirit. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, whom being in the form of God, uh, not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself, came obedient unto death, even the death of God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Oh, if you're in the habit of marking your Bible, I would circle that phrase right there. Yet not I. Yet not I. It's not me. It's not you. Not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ. The gospel is the whip that flaws the devil and the thunderbolt that uh, changes and charges a man. Oh, we ought to pray without ceasing. And the gospel changes lives. The gospel changes people. And this is the message that must be preached throughout the world. And next week, we'll delve into preaching. And not necessarily standing behind a pulpit, I assure you, there's some parents, there's some mothers that do a lot better preaching than any any person that stands behind a sacred desk could ever do. I tell you, Mothers can preach. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about telling your next door neighbor. I'm, telling, I'm talking about uh, telling the person right across the way here. I'm talking about delivering the truth, not necessarily just door-to-door and organized outreach. I'm talking about telling your coworkers. I'm telling uh, your friends and your family about Jesus Christ, because we need to ponder. We need to pray. And we need to preach. Turn to Matthew 9, and we'll be through. Matthew chapter 9. And we'll end with verse 38. Pray. Ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he'll send forth labors into his harvest. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest. His only prayer request, that he would send forth labors into his harvest. Would you be a laborer today? Oh, would you pray? And be a part of what God wants to do in this world.